Hey guys, welcome back to our favorite things podcast. Are you guys hyped? Okay, my name is Mofi. <laughs> guys, it's Mofi here. You can tell that we haven't done this in a while, so I don't even know how to start this intro again. But it's your girl Mofi here. I am your host for this podcast, and as usual, is my co-host. Hey guys, Tinsa is back. What did you think, Mofi dumped me? What did you think we dumped you guys? Yeah, oh, like. Yo, did y'all did y'all think we were not coming back? Of course we were. <laughs> but we we took some time off to really just like take a breather from the podcast, think and come back with like fresh and new ideas for you guys. And out of that came a new series. So it's called the Digging Deeper series, which is where we chat with um everyday people. So maybe some of some of them will be our friends, some of them will be people that we've just been stalking on the internet. And we think that they're doing great work and we want to hear a little bit more about their work. Um, and just anybody and everybody that we just want to chat with and get to know them a little bit deeper than what you see online or what you see in some of the work that they do. Um, this is a project that we're super hyped about, we're super excited about. And over the past few weeks when we were away, we've worked on coming up with a list list or <laughs> coming up with a list or contacting um diverse group of people that are doing different types of work so it's not even going to be one type of work different types of work um so over the next couple of months every week you're going to hear us interview different people y'all stay hyped um but yeah but <laughs> you know that this podcast doesn't happen with all of you guys listening so chime in with us we are at our faith pods on twitter let us know what you think about the episodes let us know what you think about the guests if you have any suggestions on who we should talk to also tweet at us and we'll be reading for sure um and you know um it's also (laughs) um rate review subscribe all that fun stuff on apple Podcasts. This one lets us know what you guys are thinking, what you guys like, if you guys like the podcast, but also it helps people find our podcast because there's just so many podcasts out there. So the more we have reviews, the more we have rates, ratings, um, the more people are able to find us. Um, but yeah, so we have our first guest here. I'm really, really happy about this guest. We can't wait to chat with her. So we have Tayo Biru on. So let's get right into it. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And welcome to our favorite things podcast. I guess this is your <laughs> your first time on our podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we're happy, really happy to have you. Thank you. Here. So before we get into like the actual podcast topics, I wanted to do like a confession thing as as an icebreaker. So I'm going to explain what it is. So it's going to be like a confession from your week. So anything, a confession from your week or something that people might not know about you that it doesn't have to be embarrassing but it might just be something that people wouldn't really know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um yeah i would just like everybody to share that just to kind of like get every get us into the mood of, of talking today so tiesa first of all how are you doing <laughs> and what's your confession for this week okay um i'm doing well I'm doing well the week has gone pretty good um <laughs> My confession from this week is pretty basic. I'm supposed to be doing Fit Farm, but I definitely ordered white rice and I am a say yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There's that one. The Fit Farm struggle is real. It's too real. For me right now, like it's, it's crazy. Tayo, how about you? Um, I think I have to kind of piggyback off says confession for the week and this is probably my like my confession for the year i'm supposed to be, I'm, i've been supposed to be doing fifth farm and it's just it's not been working out so there you have it i'm actually it's kind of been a regular thing kind of like every week <laughs> but we're getting there yeah. if i if i could have access to Yamashi, i would also not indulge you <laughs> That was, that was my first time having this. Oh, like, really? 
Yeah. Oh wow, that was your first time ever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm speechless. Yeah. I don't have anything to say. With me, I don't know. I have this thing that I'm, I'm obsessed with polls. So you know how like Twitter introduced where you can ask questions via polls? Mm-hmm. That, like, mm-hmm. that was like one of the best things that happened to me because I'm really, really obsessed with them. But I'm that person that when somebody asks a question like, ladies, if you're in a relationship, who does the most chores, you or your partner? And I'm not in a relationship. I would answer the poll. <laughs> I'm just like, this is fun. To, this is just fun to do for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm super hyped because Instagram also, if you upgrade, if you update your Instagram, mm-hmm. Instagram also just added a poll option to, yeah, they did. to Instagram. So yeah. I'll be over there, like, answer your questions that I have no business answering, but <laughs> I'll be doing that still. That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so but again, before we actually get into it, um, I just wanted to take this quick, I, I guess, quick moment to just acknowledge that we're not oblivious of all, everything going on in the world with the hurricanes, with the earthquakes, with um, the shootings, and we just want to, I guess, say that people should take some time to pray. But even if not only prayers, like if you can give back to these communities or giving back through organizations or even people that you might know particularly or some work that people are doing, like GoFundMe and stuff that you are passionate about or you're interested in, please just try to give back to those communities because, I mean, there's just a lot going on and it can be pretty, it can be pretty heavy or it is pretty heavy actually. So we just wanted to use this quick second to mention, mention that. Yeah. All right. So Tara, let's get into these questions for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the first thing that we wanted to just start with is you almost like describing yourself. So if you could describe yourself or if you had like an elevator pitch to say, this is who I am, how would you go? Like, what would you say to describe yourself? Um, oh gee, that's a hard question. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm used to asking people questions and I'm, I'm, right. I'm also used to the questions being asked of me. So um, if I had to describe myself, I would say I'm, I'm all the basic cliche things that you would expect me to be. Feminist, foodie, um, I love Nollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, of course, my, my work is a big part of what I do and who I am. I'm a journalist, so right. I'm very big into social justice journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the work that I do is centered around that and just equity and diversity and like mm. pushing stories that really highlight the diversity in our communities. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. So we're, we're yes. definitely going yeah. to go like deeper into the work that you do. But um, mm-hmm. can you like tell us what your, I guess your trajectory has been? So what countries did you live in? What cities have you lived in? Like, what did you just study in school to almost, like, get you to the point that you are right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, so I, from going way, way back to, like, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, I, w- I went to high school in Nigeria. I went to Leila in Abuja. So Leila Jesuit College in Abuja. Um, and then I fin- I did six years there, graduated, and then I came, I moved to Canada, and then I did two years of high school in Canada, um, mm-hmm. in, sorry, in Ottawa. Okay. And then mm-hmm. um, after high school there, I, got, I did my ID, so it wasn't exactly, it was a high school, but I wasn't doing a regular high school diploma. I was doing the IB program, so the International Baccalaureate program, so that kind of got me like my grounding and everything in Canada and then after that I moved to Toronto to do J school so journalism school oh. um yeah so I did I went to journalism school at Ryerson in Toronto and that was fun it was nice um it was kind of different it was a weird experience because it wasn't your typical like college experience in the sense that right. Ryerson doesn't necessarily have like one central campus there's like a couple of yeah. residences where you can live as a student but it doesn't, um, just the way that it's structured, it doesn't necessarily, um, I guess, it's not necessarily built for that. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a campus. There is no technically no campus in terms of just like residences and students actually living there. Um, mm-hmm. So in that way, I didn't necessarily have that attachment to the Ryerson community in that right. way. 
but school was really interesting for me. I loved being in school. Like, I loved journalism school. I really enjoyed everything we were doing. And so, yeah. Um, and then I did four years of journalism school, like a regular diploma. And then after that, I did, um, like, an internship with the CBC, which is where I work now, the Canadian Broadcasting mm -hmm. Corporation. Um, so I worked on, like, one show, and I kind of got recruited to... After the, I said I did my internship with one show, and then I kind of got recruited to another show um, to like continue working as staff. So I was doing that just before I even finished Ryerson. Okay. So I had already started that, and then when I finished, I got my degree and everything, and I just kind of continued um, with that. So just to give you, yeah, thank you. So just to give you a sense of the way that my work is structured. I'm technically a freelance journalist, so I, I can do work for anyone, um, mm -hmm. but most of my time is spent working at the CBC. So I have the way it's structured, just to give you like a technical sense, it's like I have contracts with a bunch of different shows. So I could be, today I could be working in one in Toronto and tomorrow I could be in Kitchener and the next day I could be in Windsor. Um, sometimes I work on national shows. Um, sometimes I work on like special projects. Mm -hmm. So um, like the one I guess we'll talk about in just a bit. So yeah. yeah, so that's kind of my crazy world right now. How do you like? That's really cool. <laughs> Traveling for work. <sighs> How do you like? I guess is it? Do you like the fact that you're more of a freelancer journalist, or would you prefer some kind of like structure? Um. I like the fact that I'm freelance because it gives me the freedom to be able to do a lot more than I think I would be able to if I if I had one role that I was dedicated to. But then mm -hmm. also being freelance, that kind of comes with the whole instability. You don't necessarily right. know for sure, like if you if you're going to have work next week, right? So it's it's hard in that mm -hmm. way, and it's also. Is nice week too because I can take a vacation whenever I want. <laughs> but right. then also, yeah, it's yeah. hard because it's hard to plan sometimes. Mm -hmm. You can't make long term decisions mm -hmm. because you don't, you just don't know. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. Fun yeah. fact I mean, I can relate with you on the Ryerson thing because I did my master's at Ryerson. Oh, no. And although, in what? Yeah. Um, in immigration and settlement studies. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so although it was like, it was a year for me, but I also, like, I didn't feel like I was a part of, like, the community, it just felt like I was going to school and, like, just leaving, especially just because it's um, downtown, because of how the campus feels like, so, I, I like, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to point it out, but I wasn't sure if, like, yeah, you were going to say it. It was an interesting experience in some ways, but now looking back, like a year plus afterwards, looking back after the fact, I'm like, I kind of wish I had that in a way because I look at my brother now, for example, he went to um, UW and okay. he has like a tribe. Like, and these are like right. friends that have mm -hmm. become family that I know that forever and ever and ever we're going to see them and they'll always be a part of our lives. But I don't necessarily have that because right. I never even had the chance yeah. to form those connections and to like keep even keep them going because it was everything mm -hmm. is just so transitory like you're coming in and you're going out everybody's just into class and then back home so exactly. yeah and I can imagine how different I don't know how it was for you like when you lived in Ottawa but like did you find that Ottawa kind of had more of that um, maybe more of a community based than Toronto because if I went to grad school, I was choosing between going to grad school, funny enough, in Ottawa or going to grad school in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And one of the major deciding factors was if you go to grad school in Toronto, there's less of maybe that community. It might be harder to find that community in Toronto as compared to Ottawa. So I was just wondering if, if there was like a difference for you there. Um, I feel like it depends on what your definition of community is because for some people community me means or you know the ideal sense of community is being around people who are mm -hmm. like them so being around other nigerians for example or being yeah. able to find you know other africans for example but for other people right. like community the kind of community that they're looking for is something that is more like slow pace 
um, mm-hmm. like everybody's kind of involved in everybody else's lives. Like there's, you know, there's a church and a hospital and a doctor and everybody knows everybody and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, it, I guess it just depends on your definition of community. For me, Ottawa was very, it was a much slower pace. Mm-hmm. Like every, everything, become, it's just definitely a quiet city. There's less people, it's less crowded. But in that, or for that reason, or I guess for other reasons too, I found that it was much less diverse. Like, right. even recently, I so we had, like, the five-year reunion. Um, we had our five-year class reunion, which was crazy. I was like, damn, I'm kind of old. Um, but we had our five-year reunion, and so there was, like, a Facebook page made and everything. And I went back to look at our class photo, and I was like, there's three black people in this picture. Right. <laughs> like, and you know, when you're in the moment, it's like it, you don't feel it as much, or you don't. I guess then that was my first time, I guess, living really, really like living outside of Nigeria. So I didn't have necessarily like a frame of reference for okay, like this is how things are supposed to be. But then now looking back and now like with all the experience I have and everything I know now, and just being older and wiser, I'm more observant and engaging more with the community around me is like that's not an ideal place that's not it that's not an ideal circumstance and it's nothing against like my school the high school i went to which i I won't name because now this is not (laughs) kind of pejorative but i it's nothing against the school it's just the reality of the demographics of that community there's it's just how it is Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day when you talk about yeah. community, for me, that's not the kind of community that really that that where I would feel like I'm at home. Yeah. So it, whereas a place like Toronto is so much more d- diverse, even though it might not necessarily be like everywhere I go is packed with Nigerians, but I feel mm-hmm. like even just being different, like we share there's a we share this common experience of being different or being an other in some kind of way. And I feel like you see that so much more in a place like Toronto than you do in a place like Ottawa. So for me, I like the kind of community that I found in Toronto. Yeah. So kind of learning a little bit more about like journalism, how did you get into, I guess, going like choosing to go to journalism school and, choose that as your field or your path your path now um well i guess like journalism kind of happened to me like it just felt like the natural path because growing up i would always like i was very very good at english because when i was younger i would just read all the time my mom loved books so she kind i kind of she kind of passed that on to me i guess and so I just would read all the time. So my English was always really good. So like my writing skills were always really good. And then from there, it just felt like after high school, journalism just felt like the natural path. Right. And I tried it and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> like, that's actually... Yeah, I liked it. We're good at it, so... <laughs> you no, know, like, yeah. For some reason, I, this might just be my bias and my for assumptions but you know how like with Nigerians there's almost like paths like certain uh-huh. paths that people are supposed to be taking so for some reason I was like hey, I wonder if Tayo has like an interesting story behind how she ended up choosing or how journalism ended up being the path that she took but interesting uh-huh. that it was just pretty straightforward actually <laughs> yeah because I didn't and I think too like my <laughs> background like the kind of family I grew up in I had the support system around me to just able to make a decision like that. So there was no crazy, oh, I did biology first for five years and yeah. then I like went crying to my parents. Oh, this is not what I actually want to do. Like there was nothing like that. Like I, I was just like, okay, well, this is what I'm interested in. And from there, it was pretty straightforward. And my parents were always very supportive and like so it wasn't it wasn't a hard yeah. thing to do. So I guess that's why too it's been. It's, it's been such a fun experience for me. Hmm. What's your favorite, I guess, what's your favorite thing about being a journalist? Um, I would have I to say, I guess, like, just interacting with different kinds of people. 
and like learning more about the world like it's like because being a journalist is like you have to know you always have to be in the know of what's going on in some type of way regardless of like what kind of journalism you're doing or like what beat you're covering or whatever the case may be even if it's just breaking news like you have to know what's going on in that world so i guess for me and i'm just somebody who loves learning so that's that would be one of the favorite things about it for me it's just like the opportunity to learn and then the kind of people the kinds of people that i meet and i get to talk to on a day-to-day basis like is unbelievable so yeah it's just like you get a taste of the world every single day so i mean i had seen some of your like i'm sure we have a lot of mutual friends so i had come across like your pictures maybe on instagram or some of the work that you have been doing in the past um mm-hmm. but one of the things that really struck like one of the things that really really stuck with me was when i saw the work that you did for canada 150 they interviewed um about you interviewed 150 black mm-hmm. women right mm-hmm. yeah well by the end of it it was more like 200 but <laughs> oh, really? yeah for this yeah because i mean i think so wow. and all ah. that stuff but yeah the the whole the project by the end of it was to talk to 150 black women across Canada who are making a difference in their communities in one way or another. Um, so before we dive, in, I guess, deeper into that, I was just interested in how you got into your passion for, as you said earlier, when you were talking about your intro and how you describe yourself, you said you're a feminist and you care about social justice work. So I was wondering, like, how you got into work, like, how, how, you, how you got your passion for doing, like, equity and inclusion and social justice work? Um... I guess for me, it was just what comes naturally to me. Like, I think I'm very, I'm very easily able to put myself in other people's shoes. So for me, and I think empathy is a very big part Mm -hmm. of social justice and social justice work. And so just caring about the world, I guess, like I was vague and airy fairy as that sounds like i just care about people so it just kind of and then through journalism of course like you kind of inevitably those those two worlds always find a way to intersect or they always have for me so yeah that was just kind of how like i said it was a natural progression now that i say it out loud it kind of seems like a lot of things in my life came about as a natural progression <laughs> Yeah, sometimes that's how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what? So kind of along those same same lines, what is it like being a black woman woman in journalism or in radio producing in Canada or in Toronto? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. In some ways, it's nice because, or it's fancy nice. It's I'm glad to be able to do it because I think there's the work needs to be done. So I'm glad and I'm thankful to be in a position where I can tell these stories and I can do this work and I do like I have some kind of voice and I have some kind of contribution to the conversation. So in that way I'm very glad to be able to do it. But in some ways it's also very hard because at the end of the day you're kind of like it, uh, like a triple or a quadruple minority being a black female immigrant and then being young too people don't think about that too like there's even it's not just nigeria where like that age the age thing is such a huge factor in the way that people see or respect your opinions it happens here too on this side of the world and it's just like there's it, it, it's it, looking at all the odds around me will seem like they're kind of stacked up against you just in terms of what you're able to do like the kinds of stories you're able to tell and a lot of the time like i would say yeah. my biggest pet peeve or my biggest issue that i have when I'm, I'm trying to do the work that i want to do is having to justify the conversation it's like okay why is this an important story or why is this like why do we need to be talking about this or why do we need to yeah. be covering this story and at the end of the day there's a certain mainstream appeal that has to be there in order for us to have an audience and i understand that but i just 
I'm just of the opinion that we should tell stories because they matter to people and because people care and because they impact people. And so, but that's kind of hard to do when you're a small minority in a big group. Um, yeah, and, and mm -hmm. you know, working especially yeah. in an industry, like men, most industries where people who look like you don't necessarily have a seat at the table. So you're kind of screaming in an empty room almost. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Also, like I face this common issue also when I'm at work and I'm trying to like pitch programs, and it's like I have to justify like if I'm saying okay, we need more programming for racialized students, and I get his with this response like, but can you prove that we need mm -hmm. this programming? Like, give me examples where there's been racism, and I'm like, bitch, what do you mm -hmm. mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Just the basic. <laughs> fact that there's racialized students here then like that that is enough um so yeah it's definitely frustrating mm -hmm. um but so now i feel like i'm getting into the meat which is almost something i've been talk about but just talking about the um canada 150 project how did you get to work on that project and was it a, was it an idea that you had to pitch or was it something that was brought to you like oh you're tired like this is a good time mm -hmm. like to work on it so the project was brought to me it wasn't my the idea itself wasn't mine originally so a co-worker of mine who also works in communications um who also works at the cbc but in communications her name is emily mills um and so she runs this network um called how she hustles so it's just a network of like um black professional women and she came up with this idea basically to highlight 150 black women who were making a difference in the city of Toronto. So after that, this project kind of came about as an extension of that, but covering the whole of Canada. So the idea was brought to me as being, um, you know, a radio producer, like what can we do with this idea? And, you know, we just wanted to turn it into something bigger, basically. So that was kind of how it came about. And what was what was the recruiting process like? Um, it was interesting because I had to really like I was starting from ground zero, so obviously I had to reach out to people to reach out to their networks to reach out to their friends to reach out to their friends. So it was literally a cross Canada word of mouth recruitment process. <laughs> But yeah, but it was very interesting to see like who came yeah. out and you know the kind the people who reached out and the people that I heard from and all the amazing women that I was able to talk to and you know the people who ended up being in the final project and even the people who you know I spoke to but they didn't end up being featured in the project and you know everyone was just so amazing and it was just an awesome experience to be able to talk to these women and hear their stories and of course like what we ended up doing was sharing their stories and giving them and i was really i guess we'll talk more about you know what it looked like and how we did it but i was really happy that we were able to give them their own voice in this story yeah no you can go into that like tell us about like how you actually did the project um, so basically the idea like i said was to tell these stories of 150 young black women across Canada who are making a difference in their communities in one way or another. So these are women from like doctors to lawyers to engineers to doulas to faith healers to spoken word poets to musicians to politicians like just anyone you can think of who's yeah. doing work that is pushing for diversity and pushing the communities forward and just making a difference in some kind of way. Um, so, like I said, you know, the recruitment process was just really a national call out. Like, who do you know who you think would be a good fit for this project? Who do you know is doing great work in the community? You know, who do you know has an, an awesome story to tell about work that they're doing? So that was kind of how it went. So I really wanted, like my big focus for the project and the way that I wanted it to be and to sound was for the women to be able to tell their own stories because it's not just about telling the story, but it's how you tell the story as well. And I feel like yeah. for so long, black women have either been just, you know, 
a pawn in a story where you know the script is already written and they just fill in the gaps or they're you know when they're called upon to speak on behalf yeah. of the group it's like there's already an expectation for what they're going to say or what the story is behind you know who they are why they do what they do so in general i just i just got sick of the sense that you know the story is always written for us and i really wanted to take this opportunity to to give to basically just hand the microphone over to them and be like you know tell us how you really feel so so that was how we kind of did it so it worked in two ways so the women were able to tell their stories either through um audio or online to the story that you actually read on the website um so the women sent in like recordings of themselves like their own voices actually telling the stories um or like they wrote a piece about themselves or you know there were women who were poets who sent in poems like it was just amazing to see not just the stories that they told but what they were able to actually do with them and how they made it so creative and all the awesome things that they did just to convey the message that they wanted to so it was really amazing to see that happen too yeah i i was gonna say that i actually read through and looked through some of the women's stories and i was like this is actually an interview series very different from the kind of things i've seen before it was very like Mm -hmm. them focused you know it was less about the people talking to them and more about just their stories and and i really like that thank you (laughs) um well, you've you kind of touched on this, but I'm just curious to see or to hear, like, what was, to you, or how, to you, what was the result of doing this work? Like, maybe from the feedback or the traction you got online, or just after it was published, like, just the feeling after, like, the feeling you got after mm-hmm. that? Um, well, I was relieved because I was tired as hell. <laughs> um, it was it was a very long 10 weeks, but, um, <laughs> well, that, like, I was, I was just really happy like i felt so fulfilled because even just hearing back from the women like there were women even just in the process of doing the project who were telling me like in just incredible stories and unbelievable experiences and things that they've done and things that they've learned and they were telling me like i've never said this out loud before and i was like are you kidding me this is unreal like you are amazing so just the opportunity to be able to like show that to the world and like give these women a chance to actually look at themselves in a way that maybe they've not been able to before because these are women don't forget like doing work in the community is is a is work that can a lot of the time be very self-effacing so you kind of push yourself to the background and put that the work comes before you and that was something that i told them you know even right from the beginning working working on the project and just like interviewing them before we actually did the final thing like i told them I know that the, the world that we live in and the work that we do, a lot of the times we end up pushing ourselves to the background and the work comes first, but this is really about you. Like we want to know what makes you tick. We want to know why you are who you are and you do the things you do and, and you do the work that you do. So it was also really just amazing to see them really do that self-reflection and really like, you know, turn, turn I guess, the mirror on themselves and just be able to not just see themselves but celebrate themselves and like really just step back and be like hmm i'm pretty awesome like i'm i'm doing good work so it was nice to be able to do that too and also you know a big part of it too for me was how resonant their stories were it was like every story they told me i was like i know somebody who knows this story i know somebody who's had this experience or i know somebody who will be able to relate to this so just being able to give people that validation like yes how you feel is perfectly okay and there are other people who have gone through this and there are other people who you know who feel this way too and the other people who look like you and who feel like you and who are quirky and goofy and you know maybe are not so good at sports and like you know maybe didn't do too well in school or maybe had a traumatic experience when they grew up but they overcame so just being able to put those stories out there and knowing that there's somebody out there who's reading it and going yes like i'm not alone like this isn't just me
And I think one thing, one thing that you said earlier, that kind of what I, what was, what really stood out to me also was the fact that there wasn't like there's no one image of what a black woman Mm -hmm. looks like. So having these, and I'm sure there was more than one, but having these 150 women with their diverse stories, with the diverse work that they're doing, it's like as a black woman, you don't have to be this one person. You can be like all like there's these many, there's so much range of people that. Yeah, and that was all like we really tried to look for people who had like diversity yeah. in their stories too. Like there there's, you know, a woman who t- there's you know, women who are talking about love and women who are talking about, you know, being a parent and raising black children and, you know, going through sexual abuse and, you know, like dealing with the immigration system and like trying to make it in your industry. Mm-hmm. Like there was just there was something for everyone there and like you really got the sense that these people, even though the even some of the women are faces that you would recognize but it's like there's a story behind this person and there's more to who they are and what they do so it was yeah it was great to be able to just reflect that yeah and just even like i think maybe other women reading that and in some ways being able to relate you know and being able to like identify with their stories i think it was really great too. Yes. But yeah. so, is, was this your first time doing something <laughs> of this kind of scale? It was, yeah, like I said, it's been <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Um, or like actually, well, by the end of it, like a little bit over 10 weeks. But yeah, it was, it was yeah. a lot of talking. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. Like I, was, like I told them, yeah. I was like, listen, they, <laughs> like they would even say, yeah, I was going to say, like, like people that was like, listen, I'll take this stress this is awesome like just even being able to talk to you guys like i i will stay up all night and do this yeah yeah like that i i think it's incredible honestly like when i was first like looking through everything i was like wow like when i've had to do interviews (laughs) with like 10 women like i'm just feeling like this is way too much for me and you guys did 150 and I just think it's amazing. Um, so um, just to kind of wrap up this segment of um, what we're talking about, what do you hope will be like the next things you work on? Um, I'm really looking forward to or hoping to do more work around diaspora communities um, and also indigenous communities so i'm really really interested in just like sharing stories from canada's indigenous communities um afro-indigenous communities that's a conversation that i think we often neglect and we like it's 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 just is a community like it's a community that exists it's people that are there and we kind of just stay in the back of our minds but nobody really ever thinks about it so that's something that i'm really interested in doing too and yeah, just being able to share stories from like our communities and you know give marginalized communities a voice, tell stories that need to be told. Um, yeah. 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 I think. I mean, I don't think that we can stress the importance of that. So just telling the stories of those people who most times just don't have a voice and we kind of ignore. Yeah. Okay, so um, kind of jumping, well, jumping, but changing gears a little bit. We're going to get um, a little bit more personal. Uh, We did some digging while we were thinking Mm -hmm. about interviewing you. And we found that you have Tyra Bearer (laughs) Beauty. How did that come about? So I just I don't know like I I've always loved makeup, like I don't I go and love makeup I think for my grandma my mom too to an extent, so mm-hmm. I would just always like makeup and after a while I was like okay well if I like it this much then I should do I should learn how to do it well, so I just and I'm like I'm that person once I say I'm going to do something I'm, mm-hmm. I go crazy, so. 
<laughs> so I did the whole YouTube thing and you know, I watched a ton of yeah. videos. I went to a bunch of classes. Um and yeah, so I just really learned to I guess master it as best I could in a way. Um so that's kind of my that well that was my side hustle mm-hmm. for a while. Um I'm kind of not doing it as much like for money anymore, but yeah, so that was my my little side thing. Yeah. I got I wish. I feel like I've been trying to master makeup for like five years now. <laughs> it's really just practice. Like I always tell my friends, like it's just if you if you're willing to invest the time, like I'm that person who just has an obsessive personality. Like if I'm if I'm interested in something I will go crazy about it. Like I'll have it on podcast, on YouTube, on T V mm-hmm. on everything. It just always has to be going everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, it's just really practice. Yeah. Ah, well, one day, one day, I'll I'll get I'll get there. <laughs> I'll be doing cookeries one of these days. <laughs> um, okay, so continuing with like more stuff that you've done, um, you had you also had a website, right? That focused on like all things Nollywood. So, what does being like a Nollywood enthusiast mean to you? Um, I just really love Nollywood. Like I love, I've always loved Nigerian movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like growing up, I would just sit on African magic all day. Even to, even till now, like I even put my mom onto Nigerian movies, and she loves them now. Too. Do you have your Roku TV? <laughs> so no, I do. I do. I I have everything necessary to keep me going while I'm here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I ju- I've just always really had a passion for Nigerian movies, and it just really interests me to see how the industry has changed over the years, how the kinds of movies that we're making has changed over the years, how even like how we um, like celebrate our actors and mm-hmm. our, our talent in Nollywood has changed over the years. So yeah, it's just an industry that has always interested me it, or interested me, and yeah. Do you have any favorite Nollywood actor? Okay. <laughs> um, right now, I would have to say I'm really loving. Gee, okay, see, I'm this this like new school Nollywood. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad with their names. Yeah. <laughs> like I can see everyone's face in my head, but, but I'm not great with their names. Um, but I'm really I'm loving Alexa Kubo. I'm loving Yvonne Jagede. I'm loving um, Mary Remy. Oh, I love her. Kind of. Um, I'm loving Ruki Sanda just kills me. She has me on the floor. <laughs> so, um, I'm loving an Ogi Okoye comeback somehow. Small. I think, she, I think she's trying to. Yeah. Um, who else? And of course, I love you know the classics, Joker Silva. Of course. Um, you know Olu Jacobs. Um, what's her name? Who just did the the um, wedding party? Um, yeah, Ireti Doyle. Um, yes. Um, another fave. So yeah, I'm really and I'm really loving like the rise of women in Hollywood these days. Right. Like I'm loving strong female leads. Mm-hmm. I'm here for everything that Ebony Life is doing. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking, um, while you were speaking, do you it's kind of like a two part question. Do you follow or watch any of the Nigerian YouTube series? And if yes, <laughs> which one would you like pick to like if you could produce or have like a role in one of them, which one would you pick? Um I would say maybe sugar, even though that's not necessarily Nigerian. So maybe that doesn't count. No, no, I think it does. Uh, I, yeah, so maybe Sugar and Niger. Or um, Giddy Up, I, I, used, I thought was really well produced. I thought. Um, there's another one that was like Giddy Up, but I, I don't remember exactly what it was called. And then, yeah, Indani TV is doing pretty interesting stuff. So they have like, I think the some of their stuff is really well produced as well. So anything in Danny TV is doing, I wouldn't mind. I don't think I would mind being involved in. Yeah. 
Yeah, Danny's doing great work actually. I'm not. I don't really watch watch much of like Naruto, but I watch those series. So. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a new yeah. series that my sister and I just started watching. It's called On the Real, and it stars Inidi Malkoje. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like her too a lot. Yeah, she's really good. Um, yeah, I think web series have kind of become a thing now in Nigerian popular culture, or kind of become the thing of recent yeah. in in pop culture, and I guess how watching Nigerian cinema today is most of a lot of it is online now. So people, I guess it gives it gives people who are like outside of Nigeria a chance to be able to engage with it as well and. So when you get when you have like that much feedback and you have like that big of an audience, I guess the pressure is on you to kind of do well. But at the same time, you're you're hearing more about what people want to watch. Yeah. Okay. So um, our last question before we move on to our really quick game is: Do you plan on moving back to Nigeria anytime soon? Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm happy going back and forth for right now, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable here. Like I I like it here, and I don't think right now Nigeria is just not a place as I guess individualistic and whatever as this might sound. Like it's just not a place right now that is built to help young people thrive in any kind of way. Yep, and I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, so yeah, just for that reason, I just I would just would rather kind of build myself up a bit more yeah. before I head back. Yeah, I I would agree. Okay, so um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our game. just like a rapid topics kind of thing so we're just going to kind of throw random words at you and you have like 30 seconds to talk about them okay okay so the first thing is taylor swift oh my god why (laughs) okay i don't know too much about taylor swift but I'm really glad that she won her lawsuit, her sexual assault lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I think, forgive me if I'm inaccurate, but I believe it was sexual assault. Um, like more power to you, and just the symbolism. Just aside from the fact that she took down the, the asshole who did it, but then also just the idea that she did it too for like other women to give them that encouragement to be able to stand up and come out and you know tell your story and tell stand in your truth and tell your truth and not let asshole men get away with stuff. Sorry, can we say asshole? And that's pretty <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, so the next one is sleeping naked. Go. Sleeping naked. Sleeping naked <laughs> is awesome when it's under the right conditions and with the right person. <laughs> not, not, not people. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't sleep naked if, like, you know, you guess it. You go enter your chest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, sleep naked is fun. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you actually did that one in 29 seconds. Okay. Okay, and the last one is social media. Go social media um i'm loving social media and i'm hating social media at the same time 
um, I feel like it's a great tool to share information, but I also think it's a very big weapon for misinformation. And in this day and age, there's just too much of misinformation going on and just also a platform for bullying and all other kinds of nonsense that just we don't need considering like the social, political, even economic situation of everywhere in the world right now. Like, yeah, so I just think it can be a very good tool for doing a lot of good, but I think people are using it for a lot of bad right now. So yeah. I'm kind of in the middle right now on social media. Yeah, I agree. I didn't stop you on that one because I just felt like what you were saying was super important. <laughs> but that was like 35 seconds. So that's not oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> sorry. So that's it with our game, and that's it for our episode. Um, huge, huge, huge thank you to Tyre for joining us for kicking off this series with us. I hope you, I hope, I hope you, I hope you had fun being on here, Tyre. <laughs> I you did. On the spot. I did. I, no, I did. <laughs> I actually had such a good time. Thank you. And you guys have such great questions. And yeah, it's always nice to talk about. Um, myself, no, um, it's always nice to talk about like, <laughs> the work and yeah, so thank you nice, yeah thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back next week, so we're going to be back weekly and we're back next week um, with another fun guest and God, permit me if I give this hint that um, he was on a Canadian TV show, so I'm going to leave it at, I'm just going to leave it there. Ooh. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll keep you guys thinking. Um, so Tayo, where can everyone um, keep up with you to see what next you're up to or any fun projects that you'll be working on? Um, social media is probably the best way to keep up with me. Twitter and Instagram and even Facebook. I'm Tayo Biro, T-A-Y-O-B-E-R-O on all platforms. following. And... Thank you. Yes, uh, where can we find you? you? Everyone can find me on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at T I I E S E. And you can also read my travel blog, stayinfootprints.com. Yeah, and you guys can find us are at we are at our favorite <laughs> on Twitter, and we are at our favorite things podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And don't forget to do the usual like, review, rate, subscribe, tweet at us. And I am at Ms. Badness, so that's M-S-D-U-D-F-O-S. And even more so important than now, don't forget to find something to be grateful for. Bye.